0: Captain, you flunked. But you're listening to the Dare Daniel podcast when you send us your most sinister movie, Dares, and we suffer the consequences for your I'm Corky McDonald, local comedian, and I have a nice body. You can use it. You can use it a lot. With me as always is film critic Daniel Barnes.
1: For my personal consumption?
0: For your you Corky. can use my body for your personal consumption.
1: Sweet. Hi, everyone. On this show, we do your dirty work by watching the most unwatchable movies you can imagine, and then we review and rate them using our unique rating system. Here it is, run-of-the-mill bad film. That gets a dare. The double dare rating goes to the truly atrocious movies, and we reserve the reverse dare for those despised movies that we actually think are pretty, you know, pretty good. This
0: Lunar Cycle on the podcast, we're reviewing Kirk Douglas, Farrah Fawcett, and Harvey Keitel in the 1980s Stanley Donan space opera, Saturn 3 Saturn three came to us many, many moons ago from one of our oldest and dearest friendly listeners, thou who shalt not be named Lord Voldemort. Dare does this movie. And Lord Voldemort is a fantastic contributor and share of Daniel uh, Dare Daniel on on social media. So we thank you and we applaud you.
1: Absolutely. You're the best. You're not like that other Voldemort. He was kind of a jerk.
0: Voldemort's dare goes like this. And during the abomination that was shining through, could wow, that, I mean, that, that is, is a, a long, long time. time right? That is a That's long time ago. Episode
1: seven, I think. That is old school. (laughs) Enduring
0: the abomination that was shining through could bring up a whole series of bad war movies, many of which would include Clint Eastwood. But I don't think you've yet reviewed a bad science fiction movie of which there are so many choices. Going back to 1980, Saturn 3. Kirk Douglas, Farrah Fawcett, and Harvey Keitel. What could be wrong with that combination? And Kirk Douglas does a nude scene. Also, uh, we should add that we were wormhole dared Saturn 3 by the ghost of Kirk Douglas. But anonymous dares always take precedent over wormhole dares for some reason. It's Saturn 3 logic, baby. Uh, Don't question it. Just to explain, wormhole dares are a series of dares that we receive from <laughs> characters in movies or characters that have watched or, the movies. That, not, or actors some, who are actors actors in the movies. Sometimes
1: that, historical figures would pop in
0: or actors ghosts uh, oh s- ghosts such as a this. lot of ghosts so <laughs> we just want to explain that when we when we use the word wormhole we're talking about that those are dares that came from not any tangible real person
1: no those came right through the the multiverse and just somehow wormhole their way into our inbox and, and there they were but the the real dare from the real Voldemort not the yes. not the formal Voldemort <laughs> not the no. Voldemort don't. don't get confused <laughs> This still makes more sense than Saturn 3, I'll give if this, Yeah,
0: really. <laughs> Anybody listening to this for their first listen, and you're just utterly be fucked by what we're talking about, just, just know that Gibberish. Saturn 3 made less sense than what we're talking about right now.
1: Yeah, we're very on message and on brand with this. The
0: IMDb synopsis, which usually makes even less sense than any of this shit. Mm-hmm. The IMDb synopsis for Saturn 3: Two lovers stationed at a remote base in the asteroid fields of Saturn are intruded upon by a retentive technocrat from Earth and his charge, a malevolent eight-foot robot.
1: You know, I actually played drums in retentive technocrat. <laughs> we killed the eighth grade dance. You guys um, were good. We were good, just it was like arty, arty punk, you know, was a retentive technocrat, who mm-hmm. didn't love that? Yes, this week's film is Saturn 3, 3, 3, and don't worry, there wasn't a Saturn 1 or a Saturn 2, it's not, it's not, this is a Leonard Part 6 situation. Yeah. First in the series, last in the series, last in our hearts, Saturn 3. There are impressive names in the credits, all over the credits, screenplays yeah. by Martin Amos, Martin Amos wrote the script. Directed by Stanley Donan, he directed such films as, oh, I don't know, Singing in the Rain, for fuck's Mm -hmm. sake, Funny Face, Charade, I could go on. And as we mentioned, good cast, Kirk Douglas, Farrah Harvey Keitel, film began as the brainchild of John Barry, not the former Sacramento Kings shooting guard, saw you going there, (laughs) but the great Oscar winning production designer of such films as, oh, I don't know, Star Friggin' Wars, mm-hmm. A Clock Friggin' Work Orange, <laughs> <laughs> the friggin clockwork. and the first two Christopher Reeve Superman movies. There's talent all over this thing. Yeah. However, quickly ran into problems during production. Donan was initially just a producer on Saturn 3. He and Barry hatched the project while working on Lucky Lady, yet another notorious box office bomb. But Donan, after a couple weeks, decided he needed to be on set with Barry, who did not really have a lot of experience. Uh, Barry refused the arrangement, quit the film, unfortunately. Not a happy ending for him. Uh, After leaving Saturn III, he joined the crew on making Empire Strikes Back, uh, but one day suddenly fell ill and died during pre-production. Back to Saturn 3, although already well into production by the time Barry left. Saturn 3 suddenly veered in a new direction. There were changes to the script, costumes, hair and so forth. Remember, the movie is being shot while all these changes are being made. The result was a chaotic shoot in which everyone seemed to despise everyone else. Donan and Keitel had probably the worst relationship. Keitel did not participate in post-production looping. Wow. Because apparently Stanley Donan wanted a British accent and so his voice was dubbed. By British actor Roy Dotrice.
0: That's amazing.
1: They dubbed Harvey Keitel to be British. Does that like <laughs> they just felt that worked? He's not evil enough. Make him British. Of course, it didn't help that Saturn Three production company ITC at the same time was working on Raise the Titanic exclamation point yet another notorious box Jeez. office bomb, and that forced them to cut corners on Saturn Three production budget of ten million. It grossed nine million. Twenty five on Rotten Tomatoes, nine on Metacritic. Corky, it was nominated for Worst Picture, Worst Actor, and Worst Actress at the first annual Golden Raspberry Awards. AKA The Razzies. Worst picture winner that year went to our old buddy Can't Stop the Music, what? episode twelve. And Corky, we never did stop that music.
0: No, but it's pride. It's month. still I out like, there. I feel it's like still very out insulting. <laughs> <laughs> can't stop the music. We're talking about how can't stop the music got a Razzie during Pride Month. This is fucked.
1: Corky, <laughs> yeah. Dot dot dot. Can't stop the music. I, I don't think you liked it, but it was the first reverse dare rating that I gave on the show back in episode twelve, and I haven't given that many of them over the years. No, I hand it's them out a, like, a movie. It's yeah, you've given more than I have. I but, hand them out um, like
0: blue dreamers on a space station. You really do. <laughs>
1: Oh, can't stop the music. Not a perfect movie by any means, but I thought it was fun, very entertaining. And I I did give it the reverse stare. Were you able to find any sort of like kind of entertainment in the abyss that is Saturn 3? (laughs) Are you here to rewrite history for us and say, you know what, hang on, pump the brakes. This movie is actually pretty fun.
0: Well, I'll give you uh, a little insight into me that might surprise you. I was actually like the first, six seven minutes of this movie i was like you know it's cheesy it's cheap mm. but i'm in you know like the right. he's taking chances he's, he's directing he's got an eye he can do things and he knows how to edit to tell a story and i was in after that fucking flat line Flatline hard. As
1: soon as the humans start opening their damn mouths, <laughs> when everyone's just wearing a spacesuit not talking, it's fine. But yeah. soon,
0: it's like when in Ishtar. As soon as they make the descent into Ishtar, the movie descends into shit. Seriously, as soon as they, it gets, is, a Kata- they gets get to, to Saturn 7-3. Three,
1: it's, it's like yeah, this movie sucks. So apparently, Harvey, Harvey Keitel has said this was the worst experience of his career. Harvey Keitel, one of our finest actors, for sure. al- almost sixty years now for Carnot then. yeah, worst experience of his career And what's amazing about that to me is that go back a year or two earlier and Harvey Kaitel was fired from Apocalypse Now <laughs> after a couple of weeks shooting in the jungles in the Philippines and he was like worse <laughs> This is worse. I have a feeling that Harvey Keitel wails like the bad lieutenant whatever this movie is brought up. He's just like, <laughs> he just <can't laughs> cannot fucking handle it. This is how he gets to those dark places. He just remembers his time on Saturn 3. It's so embarrassing for him. Yeah. To, to have done what he did to give the performance he gave, which, I don't know, it's fine. Yeah. Given the material. And then to have his voice dubbed. Right. Right By a British actor. It's yeah. just so, it's like, you knew that wasn't going to work. Like, why Why go there? It almost felt like it was just to humiliate him or something like that. But I, I totally, totally get it. I mean, this movie, maybe there's some good ideas buried in here. There's a little bit of like flashes of some kinkiness that's kind of interesting. But it's just a slog. It is just a dull, yeah. dry, inscrutable, passionless slog. And you really feel, even if you didn't know this movie had issues the the there's a palpable sense of like let's get through the day guys like here's the <laughs> shot list let's check them off you know <laughs> like <laughs> Like, let's just – let's get through this. Let's power through. Um, And not at all shockingly, their end result is this. It's very murky and dull and just has no energy or passion or or any kind of point to it.
0: I was stunned, absolutely stunned to find out this movie was actually released in theaters. Like, could you imagine being in the theaters and watching this? Be like, this is a fucking joke, right? This is a prank? Oh, yeah.
1: Certainly, you could just tell they were like, I oh, just put something in space. Put something in space. We need a thing in space. And here yeah. it is. Yeah. This is when you don't care what the fuck you put in space that you put this in space. All right. Should we get into it? Let's go. And now, our feature presentation. Saturn 3. Maybe one of the kind of surprises here. Top billing. Farrah Fawcett. Mm-hmm. Although, I think she's is she is uh, billed as Farrah Fawcett Majors, I think. Nope. So she gets top billing over the great Kirk Douglas and the great Harvey Keitel. Uh, Elmer Bernstein wrote a score that we don't get to hear very much of. I mean, Elmer Bernstein, like, freaking Magnificent Seven. I mean, this is one of the all time talent at this thing. There's so much. It's ridiculous. But the score is barely in the movie. Most of the movie, there's not very much of it. So, all right, we get through the opening credits. We're a minute 13 in the movie, and bam, there's Saturn. But it's Saturn 1, Saturn Prime. It's your normal, everyday Saturn. We're not at Saturn 3 yet. Speaking of Star Wars ripoffs, yeah. here's one right away. It's the classic Star Wars opening. Underside of an enormous uh, ship looming into frame and passing over the camera eye. You know, uh, yeah. Again, there's... We could we could make this entire podcast just about Star Wars ripoffs from this era because there's just so many fucking bad ones.
0: I feel like this movie is all set design. It's all about like the production design. They yeah, the, the effects the, it's, are shit. The script oh, is yeah. n- negligible. They they have on screen talent, but they're not given much to do. But the set designs they went all out as much as they could on that stuff. Oh, absolutely. And John
1: Barry is like, that was his thing, that he was a set set guy. Right, exactly. So yeah, the sets are going to (laughs) be...
0: The spaceship looks cool. The opening spaceship looks cool.
1: Yeah, there's some scenes where like these kind of early on where these shadowy figures kind of step onto this platform as there's a a launch coming. And I mean, it looks... It's all very like kind of artfully put together in a, you know, kind of Vincent Minnelli sort of way. I mean, it's it's kind of Buck Roger's.
0: Yes, it's exactly who I was thinking. I said, "This is Vincent Minnelli right here. This is a big stage, right.
1: big backdrop, color and mm-hmm. shadows. They're all walking. It's artificial, unison. but it's very artistic as well. Yeah, the sets are good. It's kind of Buck Rogersy, but again, that's a lot of because like the costumes are garbage, the special effects are garbage, the robots are a piece of garbage. It's yeah, and bad.
0: they lost their funding halfway through.
1: And yeah, exactly. They had to just keep cutting corners here and there." Uh, okay, so again, these shadowy figures are on the pl- uh, platform. There's a launch. We get the idea there's a launch. There's a spaceman in a black helmet. He comes into a room where another astronaut is getting dressed. The other astronaut is so good. He goes, ah, so you blew the mental test, huh? <laughs> Potentially unstable. <laughs> this is what he says to him. while you he, Like, hey, don't turn your back on him while yeah, you're saying that. Right? Here's a thought. When I, that guy walks in, in full, like, garb, he's, like, ready to fucking launch. It's like, ah, so you're unstable, huh? That's fun. Hey, ah, My wife's got the same thing. Hopefully you don't activate
0: the, uh, you know, the thing that sucks people out into space. It's in our locker room for some
1: reason. <laughs> Why is that in the locker room? <laughs> yeah, he opens the airlock. Which exists in the locker room uh-huh. and for some reason only sucks out the other guy uh-huh. <laughs> and instantly blows him into pieces. Like he's yeah. just like chunks of him are just flying It's watermelon
0: space. chunks of Captain Jones.
1: Yes. <laughs> Good. So this potentially unstable man in the black helmet kills the guy, takes to this place at the launch. He steals this mysterious canister. Ooh, there's a canister. Hello. Hello. And takes his place. And no one notices. It's so like there's no nope. protocol or anything. there's just like, oh, a guy in a black helmet got in the thing. That's probably our guy. That's probably Captain our Jones. guy. He's always
0: running late.
1: This is, this is the future, after all. So his little spacecraft launches from the larger spacecraft. And then we finally cut to Saturn 3. And there's two astronauts on Saturn 3. It's a research station out in like the asteroid belt like it's in the rings of Saturn I think something like that eh, it whatever.
0: is called an experimental food research station which is also go. another term for my mouth
1: <laughs> <Books>. classic so <laughs> they watch his little craft land it's a short trip I guess it's just like boom <laughs> right
0: yeah. just gotta fly through like, some Saturn rings does that rings? need to be a whole
1: thing I mean there was like a, 50 people got up on that platform and what's like just <laughs> what's <was> that about <laughs> Uh, he lands, he won't give up this mysterious canister. All right, what's with this canister? So they decontaminate, they go inside, and then finally, we're 12 minutes mm-hmm. into an 85-minute movie, and we finally see the faces of the three leads yeah. of this movie. We haven't seen any of their faces. 12 minutes, like, that's a long time to go without like any of your stars, and basically nothing happening. Mm-mm. Well, he killed a guy in a spaceship launched.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that is a lot. That's a pretty eventful day. He did fly <laughs> from one one planet to another. So it there's... didn't
1: seem like that big a deal, though. <laughs> no <I> one <wouldn't> even
0: <laughs> checked to see if he was the right guy. He did fly through uh, ice rocks that uh, <laughs> orbiting a planet, but you know.
1: All right, he had a big day. God, <laughs> um, but yeah, we so we finally see the three leads. It's Kaitel is the rogue astronaut. He's named Benson, Mm. Captain Benson. Kirk Douglas and Farrah Fawcett are the space station researchers. He's the major, AKA Adam. Right. Hopefully you get the Mm, the symbolism of that. Are you picking up on that? I did. And then Farrah Fawcett is his much younger uh, fellow researcher slash lover. And she is named Alex. Okay. Keitel right away is just evil glare in the fuck out oh. of it. Like, he is just like, oh, you want me to be more evil? Yeah. More evil than this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure.
0: There's, there's like naive and then there's stupid. And they are stupid when it comes to him. Like he oh, is absolutely. evil from right off the bat. He's saying the wrong no. things. He's acting shifty. He won't let them touch his bags. And they're just like, huh, it's- okay, well, come on in.
1: It's, it's all bad yeah you do drugs too bad.
0: okay that's fine great they ask um, him because he's unloading stuff off this ship and they ask him any urgent unloads which is often <laughs> something i have to do because my mouth is an experimental foods f- station <laughs> folks bingo nice
1: we got a running theme <laughs> so, Keitel is is just glaringly, literally, glaringly evil. Um, yeah. but they apparently felt they didn't make him evil enough because when he speaks, his voice is dubbed by a British voice actor, Roy Dotrice.
0: I'm gonna say if you gotta be dubbed by anybody, be dubbed by Roy Dotrice. He his work on the Game of Thrones books and yeah, the Harry yes. Potter's audiobooks. He's he's amazing. Oh,
1: he's one of the all time great voice actors, absolutely. Yes. And yet at the same time. Not Does not work. You cannot this. recover from this. No. It's not as though Harvey Keitel was not a known actor at this time. Right, household name, probably not. But if you knew movies, you knew Harvey Keitel, sure. right? Like yeah. he'd been in some things. You can't recover from this. The movie will never recover. It's just too bizarre, too weird. And so right off, it's just like, boy, this movie is a fucking joke. Um. Adam and Alex, again, they're, they're lovers. Um, there's kind of a, like, bohemian vibe to them. Kind of. You know, it's very, like... Um, he is a military of, man. Kind of chill. He's a military man, and they are... Um, they are monogamous, which Harvey Keitel is um, surprised by when a he hears that step. because yeah. it's not part of it. Yeah, um, but they have kind of like a, a laid back kind of a kind of an older hippie sort of a vibe to them.
0: Although it's really problematic when you start trying to break down. When did Major get there, and when did Alex get there? And because right. later on, Captain Benson says, "When you brought out Al- uh, when you brought Alex along with you, was that for her? or Was that for you?" So did he raise her on that planet cuz he seems to have been gone from earth a long time. She's never been to earth.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. So it's questionable as to I have no fucking He idea.
0: raised her to be his lover.
1: Ooh. Right? All righty. All righty. Oh, so fucked up. All right. So Benson says something about how your research is behind schedule and you need help and that's why he is there. He tries to make a call and Alex or uh, Adam just dumps a, a whole bunch of like um, kind of exposition on him. We're, we're really like kind of setting the parameters of the plot here because yep. he says no external contact while we're shadow locked. You know that. <laughs> Like so, he's like, "All right, twenty-two days." So we've like we've set like these kind of boundaries around like why they can't communicate with the outside world. We started the ticking clock, twenty-two days. Yeah. They're out there on their own, right? It's like death trap, but
0: set on Saturn. Like it's Christopher hmm. Reeve, Michael Caine, and Diane Cannon in a sexually charged Who Done It.
1: Yes. Set
0: yes. on Saturn.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah uh (laughs) saturn three so the space station itself is a lot of hallways and a lot of tubes and a lot of things that just shoot steam yes constantly shooting steam i was just like with the you know what if i was on a spaceship and i'm just walking down the hall and just steam is shooting from every damn pipe i would be concerned i I might see if i could fix that no one seems to give a fuck they're just like nope atmospheric steam there we go good wait is that our oxygen like what is happening
0: I don't know. Farrah Fawcett's skin looks radiant. I think, you know, the daily steam. <laughs> it's, <wild>. just,
1: <laughs> it's just opening up the pores. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, Benson, so again, this is Kaitel. He offers Alex, Farrah Fawcett, a blue dreamer. Right. To help her sleep, uh, which is like, you know, it's a drug, and I guess it has some kind of, like, psych- psychoactive properties as well. But, yeah. Um, She's never seen one before. She doesn't know what it is. There's a shower scene with Kirk Douglas. Um, uh, she shows him the p- the pills, and he's kind of tells her what they are. And she says, "Let's try one." And he's kind of, eh, you know, whatever. Um, we do get a brief nipple shot from Farrah Fawcett, and it, it's—I got to say—it's my favorite kind of nudity, <laughs> gratuitous. Yes, unnecessary. There's, to there's no point happening. to it at all. <laughs> no, nothing's happening in this scene at all. Um, late at night, she hears her dog in the lab and she goes and and rescues the dog. The dog's name is Sally. Sally. That's it.
0: And the, the cylinder that the captain has brought is not to be confused with the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Because
0: they are not just hammering that hard.
1: Oh no. Yeah. She, she's kind of drawn to it. She touches a little bit and he yells, No. And then he inspects her dog and he says that it's something to eat. Um, What's happening? What the, on Earth a semi-interesting wrinkle here that does not really get explored too much is that Earth is like a hellhole, right? Yeah, like people right. are eating dogs, there's no monogamy, and this space station is just like an idol sort of away from all of that all of that madness. And like you say, she's never been to Earth. She's living in this space paradise with the major, you know, and again, that whole this is paradise. It's unspoiled. Yeah. And here comes the, you know, the outside influence. Here comes in knowledge here
0: of earth. Like but why, corrupting I mean, it. why did Keitel even need to get to this place? We never find out. Like he apparently escaped earth, got to that place, even though he failed his mental exam. And then why didn't he just chill at that other place? Like he was escaped. Right.
1: Like, why he needs to hold up here is it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, well, you're just going to go here and just, you could go anywhere, right? Like it's just why here. I I mean, again, I guess because he'll have three, 22 days shadow locked (laughs) and they can't contact the outside world. Or, but like, what's like,
0: but this wasn't even his mission. He just took over captain Jones identity and took his thing.
1: Well, no, he was going to shoot, do the mission, but he was, he failed the psych exam. So, oh, Captain Jones was going to do it? Benson, so Harvey Keitel, yeah. was going to do this mission. They did, they called him psychologically unstable, and so the other guy was going in his place as as, as he was getting ready for it. So and Hector, that's why he the, killed him. And
0: Hector the robot was always going to come. It was just going to come from Jones.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 again motivation and like context for any of this is like because if so then it's jones, just not is, there.
0: jones is just as evil i mean i have no compunction about him being killed anywho
1: <laughs> i don't know he was too naive to be evil i think it's like the guy who failed the psych exam who was supposed to do the mission you're doing walks in in full astronaut garb <laughs> he walked in in a sweater, you'd be like, not wow, what are you doing anything. here? But he comes in in full astronaut car, ready to fucking go. Uh, well, whatever. Let's Captain not get Jones is like Marjo Gorgner in,
0: in Viva Knievel. Just like <laughs> <laughs> clueless, but involved in the worst plots.
1: Uh, so anyway, uh, he doesn't want her touching the cylinder. He says dogs are going to eat. He says, you have a great body. Can I use it? He says in a British accent. She says, I'm with the major. And he says, For his personal consumption only? Like he's kind of shocked. Like, yeah. what? That's not how it works on Earth. We all just like fuck each other. He says that we socially, if I want you
0: socially penalized on Earth.
1: Um Benson then shows him what he has in his box, which is a robot. The first of the demigod series. Mm. Um However, he still can't take no for an answer. Makes yet another pass at uh, Alex. He just keeps... Several. Just Several. Just <laughs> loading him in the chamber. He just keeps going and going and going. Uh, and he's always kind of dragging down Adam, too. So, again, Adam is an uh, older man. Keitel yeah. and Fawcett are kind of more commensurate in age at this point. Um, he says about the major, he says, he's frightened of the new ways. He's obsolete. So there's again this whole thing of robots are going to make humans obsolete and mm-hmm. uh, good and evil and artificial and it doesn't really get to mention it, but whatever. Um, what's in the cylinder, though, you ask this magic cylinder? He's got a brain in the cylinder. Looks kind of like Marzipan. A br- yes. And he tells them that one of you will be obsolete. So he's really into this whole obsolete thing. Mentioned it twice now. One of you will be obsolete because of it. That's good um, script
0: writing. That's just good. It's really
1: good. <laughs> it's hammer that The home. robot, we find out these brains are like fetus brains. Uh-huh. So that's fun. <laughs> but it has, again, it has like organic material, and that kind of like brings it to life. Um, and this is, I guess, this is like, if you want to throw a theme out there beyond just, as we said, Adam and Eve in space, it's this whole idea of like, are robots inherently good inherently evil they're neither of those things but they're programmed by humans and humans are inherently good or evil and and do have do have those kind of decisions and so it will inevitably take on you know all of the uh, flaws of the creators and as it turns out harvey keitel is a complete fucking lunatic yes body, right you know I mean? exactly so. So Benson starts um, building his robot. Uh, Adam and Alex are kind of jogging together. They're talking about how, you know, one of them's going to have to go. They're going to have to split up. Captain Benson is building the robot while Adam and Alex go have a Blue Dreamer together. They split a Blue Dreamer. Um, But mid, uh, you know, mid-trip, who busts into their room? But the robot, the robot comes to life. He enters their chambers. The captain comes in. He says, I want you to meet Hector. Oh Hector, 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 Hector! <laughs> Quirky thoughts on Hector.
0: Uh, utterly frightening, and uh, has birthing hips. It's crazy, like for a robot. That thing's built to uh, to give some birth. I mean, I thought it was a cool effect seeing the blue and red veins get filled up, but otherwise, mm, it, mm-hmm. it just looks like kind of the land of the Lo- not land of lost, the lost in space robot from the sixties with no head
1: yeah it's like again it's kind of a neat idea Mm -hmm. i I, I dig what they were going for it's just execution is really really bad it's like they got halfway done with it and just like "Mm, it's basically like a large erector set with mechanical arms
0: yeah a lot of this movie is being wowed at a robotic arm moving
1: yes absolutely i know which wow like that was wow. probably cutting at edge that at arm. that time. Oh, I, no, I remember having one of those, like a little, mm. like a little play one when I was a kid. Yeah, those are big. Um, but again, it just looks like shit. It just looks yes. like shit. Um, Benson has a jack in his head that allows him to connect to the robot, and this is sort of how he programs the robot: is that he he's directly injecting not only like. Physical material and so brains and things into it, but he's also like connecting with it, and it's taking on elements of his memory and his personality and things like that.
0: There's a funny scene where Alex and the Major are playing chess, and can tell. Space chess, future chess. They walk up. Keitel walks up with the robot behind him. Like, it's just such like third and fourth wheel stuff. Like, what are you guys doing? Hanging out? We want to hang out. Can we hang out? <laughs> Can me and my evil robot hang out? Um, the major beats the robot at chess. And that's when they go back and they start kind of, he starts trying to suss out what's wrong with this robot. He can't believe the robot lost in chess.
1: Yeah. Um, he also says that the, the robot doesn't like to be laughed at. Right. And Adam says, when after beating him in chess, he says, one thing you can't teach them, Captain, sacrifice.
0: Remember that Meanwhile, for the
1: third Meanwhile, everyone, act. Captain, Major, even Hector, are just ogling the living shit out of Farrah Fawcett. That's all I this mean, movie is. It's just a lot of ogling of her. She's in she lingerie of lines, a lot. She has a lot of outfits and yes. a lot of hairstyles. Um, so yeah, uh, there's a scene where the captain and Hector get like a small little thing out of her eye. Yes. There's the thing about this robot. Like it, it looks so fragile. Like it, it's really tall and it's made of metal, but it looks really fragile uh-huh. and shaky, but the movie insists that it's this like precise, physically dominant Quick, agile, super intelligent thing, and it always is like you can see it's like arm shaking as it like goes yeah. to I was like, "Do not get that thing near your fucking eye."
0: It's supposed to be like, it's supposed to be the Terminator. It's supposed to be this big yeah. hulking construction that you're f- afraid of, and then a door opens and it tips it over. <laughs> <laughs> it like bonk, tips over sideways. It's like it's really got like those little robot dogs you get. Uh, cheap toys yes. for for a kid. Right. They fall over on their side. They're just fucked. They cannot do anything after that.
1: Yeah, they're just their legs are going, but there's nothing <laughs> happening. Um so the captain makes another run at Alex, like, uh, again degrading Adam and Adam's virility. She's got a really hot space negligee. I mean a fair looks awesome. She looks amazing. This She's this is like Charlie's Angels yeah. area. Um but yeah, she has really she gets top billing just for looking hot in revealing clothes. She tells She has no character. She none, has no character.
0: None. None. She's a wide-eyed innocent who just reacts. Mm-hmm. Um, she tells the major that the captain is crazy. He's a cuckoo clock. She, which no, she <laughs> said you can set time by him, implying that he's a cuckoo clock, right? How does she know what the fuck a cuckoo clock
1: is? I know. Cuckoo clocks?
0: She's never been to Earth. Don't tell me on Saturn 3 they're reverting technology back to cuckoo (laughs) clocks.
1: (laughs) So the captain is now, as you said, he's trying to figure out what's going wrong with Hector. He says to Hector, I wish you would talk. You know you can. Why won't you talk? And there's a kind of readout. On Hector's screen that says, Not yet ready, murder. <laughs> to which she says, To which to the captor replies, That was an improper thought leak. This is Harvey Kytal kind of saying this forever. Uh, so Hector knows the secret. So that's the other thing. It's like, again, the, the human is programming the robot, and inevitably it's going to, you know, do, even though it might not be created, it was created for good, it's going to start doing bad. Um, Hector knows a secret. Uh, the captain says he's malfunctioning. <laughs> Hector's readout says, I'm not malfunctioning. You are.
0: <laughs> Sick robot burn. Right. Uh,
1: least surprising twist in this movie, the dog. I mean, as soon as that dog shit up, you're yeah. like, this dog's Fucked. This dog's fucked. So she finds her dog disemboweled. Fun.
0: Now, so she's wandering through the the garden area, and mm-hmm. the robot this this nine foot robot that hulks and skulks is supposed to be hiding amongst the flowers behind yep. her. Like how how the fuck is this and happening?
1: Sneaking up on her. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. He sneaks up behind her. Hector the robot does grabs her, lifts her up. She like sounds the alarm. The captain orders her to put it down, but he only does it when she asks him to put it put it down. Yeah. We so, also... like the 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 captain's lust is also this is like this kind of kinky element of this thing is that you know yes, captain is evil and he's all these other things, but also he's just lusting, hard after the unattainable Farrah Fawcett. Yes. Uh, yeah. And so, guess what? So is this giant fucking hunk of metal with uh, <laughs> fetus brains in it. Kirk so Kirk Douglas she says, does some
0: stunts right here. He jumps down a flight of stairs and then sprints off. The man was 62. He is fucking
1: ripped. So Hector now attacks the captain. Adam says Let the robot have him. And they walk away, and then he says, I can't do it. It's like, you fucking dumb idiot. Like, all, like, this movie movie was over. Done. Yeah. (laughs) This movie's over. Let him do it. This guy has done nothing but try to, like, kill you and, like, have sex with your. Your mate, it's just, okay. But that yeah. was also
0: such a blame the victim moment too when she's like, did you teach it to kill? He's like, no, he wants you. We both want you. It's your fault.
1: Yeah, no, right? <laughs> it's like, what are we going to do? Um. So yeah, the major frees the captain. He goes back, he frees the captain, and they all escape while Hector struggles back to his feet, the super robot. Yep. Um, they eventually trap him while Hector's, uh, down. They take out his, well, he starts to come back to life, but they jump on top of him and they take out his brain. This was
0: my favorite part Um, of the whole movie. Watching Kirk Douglas and Harvey Keitel wrestle this prop. Yes. Oh, I know. Try to get some heft and some danger.
1: (laughs) And failing miserably. (laughs) Yes. Um, so, yeah, they've subdued Hector for now. The captain and the major, they fight. Uh, you do this, you do that. And this is where the major, as he takes, he walks off with Alex, says, Captain, you flunked. He <laughs> it says it like that. It's like, Captain, you basic. <laughs> <laughs> but he says, Captain, <laughs> you flunked. This is such Which, a- What? 1950s what? Where did that tough, come
0: from? I don't know. The 1950s tough guy came out of Douglas. He's just riffing. You flunked. Take your walking <laughs> sticks and beat it, you Jasper. Just It's this, so fucking funny.
1: It's ridiculous. It's so, so good. So as the captain picks up these pieces, <laughs> here's the lines- they come out of Roy Dotrice's mouth. And I'm not blaming you, Roy. He says, you want to kill me? You want to kill me? Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> kill me. Kill me. <laughs> if you can. he's muttering this as I'm picking up the I was just like, hey, Roy, this is not working. Can you just say every line twice? <laughs> uh, as they're walking away... Adam tells Alex the story of the mythical Hector. Mm-hmm. Who cares? I don't know. It comes back later just as like a, a thing but who? it's what? D- dumb. Um, oh, this is where the, the robot- captain is still muttering to Hector also. Captain's still muttering. He says you want the girl? Sure. Sure. You'll want the girl. <laughs> well, he's just picking up robot pieces. <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: The robot um, starts the, pulling itself together, like yes. Iron Giant style, but but yeah. much slower, a yeah. lot slower. Which he puts ha- the
1: fluid back in himself, which doesn't. How was he doing any of this without the, the brain? Fluid? Was and not why in is the him. Fluid, why was any of this necessary? You know what I mean. Like, but I uh, know this slow, clumsy, very flimsy piece of metal, barely held together, will kill us all <laughs> somehow.
0: Oh th- yeah, okay. This is
1: where Hyv液teel so cap- goes. Gets yes. peeled up.
0: He just he just takes everything. He's got blue dreamers, red screamers, green laughers, yellow whisker. Yeah, pips. he's
1: he's ready to go now, and he he gets in full uniform, takes yep. a fistful of pills, enters their bedroom, and says, "I'm leaving, and I'm taking your partner with me. I'm taking command. You're an adequate major, in every area, <laughs> and that." is a step too far. Yep. <laughs> that is and they fight, big ass fight. Um the major is about to kill the captain. This is where he's makes Alex. Like, he's like Vigo yeah. in,
0: in Eastern Promises.
1: Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> she she stops the major from killing the captain, but then the captain recovers and knocks out the major and takes Alex. Great job Alex. Thanks.
0: Yeah, there's so much ridiculousness of the stopping of the killing.
1: Yeah. Like, what? Why was it? Why? Um, But Hector intervenes as uh, Alex, or uh, as uh, the captain is uh, taking off with Alex. He cuts off uh, the captain's hand and then drags him away. And this kind of starts this, oh, this part of the movie was absolutely interminable. I mean, again, some of this stuff was kind of kinky fun earlier, but this whole cat and mouse thing on the ship where they're trying to escape and they're hiding from him. And all oh, these yeah. tube covered hallways where there's just gusts of steam everywhere. They run through the um, same
0: three hallways a dozen over times. Over and over. Just shot from different and
1: angles. And they're always like, at one point they're like, it's no use. We can't lose it. it's like, How I this I've not seen this thing move above a slow lurch and yet it just shows up in whatever doorway it needs to show up in like when you're not looking at it trust us it's really fast (laughs) when you're looking at it it just slows down a lot and it looks very flimsy
0: tie a string across the hallway I guarantee you that thing can't bend its knee to get over
1: (laughs) Wait, what's it going to do. But she shoots steam at the robot, right. which subdues it, even though, as I said earlier, the ship is mostly steam. <laughs> there has been steam shooting in everyone's orifice, like, this entire fucking movie, but suddenly shooting steam at the robot! No! Oh! <laughs> um, but they get separated again. Uh, Hector is in the hallway. He's between Alex and Adam against the same hallway. We've already been down, like, five times. Mm-hmm. He distracts it by throwing. I couldn't see what I wrote here. He throws something to distract the robot, which is, you know, it's like the oldest fucking trick in the Rook book, uh, Advanced Life form, you um, They get away. They reconnect. They're still hiding. They say, he's tracking us. Just like, well, okay. You're – Ten times as fast as him. (laughs) But again, he just keeps show They walk down here and then he just shows up in another part of the ship like he has super speed. It's just like whatever you need him to be. Then he decides, Hector decides, I'm just gonna go to the comms room Mm -hmm. and watch watch them on videos. Like again, if if he could that's a bit of a strategic disadvantage. Like if you are so fast that you can like track them all over the ship and do everything, like why are you why are you watching on a video screen?
0: Hector likes to watch. He just likes
1: to watch. That was his whole thing.
0: <laughs> all of a sudden, he's Billy Baldwin from Sliver.
1: <laughs> so they decide, okay, let's let's lay a trap for Hector. We're going to use Alex's bait. Uh, he doesn't fall for it because he's so smart and gets really pissed. There's the, apparently, the, the whole thing is built on pavers,
0: and there's just nasty water running below the floor. They lift it up and take the grates out in a very long, drawn-out scene showing Kirk Douglas lift things. And when the when the robot shows up, she's like kind of seductively sitting on the counter saying, Come on, robot. You know, come on, Hector, come here.
1: (laughs) But then the major knocks him into the water so the water is like they're 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 doing food research so they're growing plants and stuff up here so i guess this is like their water storage is is underneath the floor um but yeah they pull this thing up and a robot arm a bigger robot arm than any of hector's arms knocks hector into the water he comes, I mean, this is insane. I don't know what the fuck was going on here. He comes out looking like he's been in a Bukkake movie. Yes. Like, it's the re- icicles <laughs> that cover him look like a hundred guys have fucking come all over Hector.
0: It's like the Michelin Man started melting. It's so <laughs>
1: weird. <laughs> like, Yeah. How did he get icicles like in a half of a second? Yeah. Wait, what is that? And how, uh, to be honest,
0: let's be honest, how did he lift himself out of that thing? There's no way that monster, that robot, could do the physical movement to hoist it out.
1: No. It's just physically impossible yep. the way it's built, but yeah, <laughs> it happens. Um, so they're about to escape in the captain's ship, but then Hector blows up the ship. And they they suss out, oh, he doesn't want to kill us. He just wants to keep us here. He wants Alex, right? Alex says that it's hopeless, and then whose face appears on the monitor but the captain. They were running for that ship.
0: Hector blows it up by using the detonate rescue ship button that they, I mean, they, they had good intentions. It's on the him. Saturn 3 console? Yes. They had great <laughs> right? intentions. Like, they thought that's a definitely a necessary button. We need a button yes. that's going to detonate our only means off this place. Uh <laughs> And, you know, he unfortunately used it for evil. The one who could have seen that happening.
1: <laughs> right. It's such a useful tool. Don't take it away says, from us. Whatever
0: detonate. You
1: do. Yeah. Weird that they programmed that. <laughs> yeah, just, Not even knowing this guy was going to show up, but whatever. All right. Why they built so, that. In? <laughs> <laughs> it's like in. Uh, Oh, fuck, in Clifford, Clifford. where there's a setting on the ride that breaks the ride? It's like, that's not, you should not have programmed that in I mean, that's, OSHA should have shut that down
0: right away.
1: Okay. So, yeah, who's the captain? What? The captain? And he says, yes, I'm alive. Hector and I have come to an arrangement and he just kind of monologues. They follow him through the two ways they come in and oh my God, Hector is melded with the cab captain. They're like combined now and Alex and Adam recoil in horror. I got to say this part
0: gave me a kind of a, just kind of like, Oh, that's pretty creepy. Just that. Yeah. uh, The captain's ripped open face was now on Hector's head.
1: It's a little Cronenbergian. Yeah. yeah it's the whole yeah, that's mach- a man call. and machine kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so except, then, you know, bad.
0: Yeah, except terrible. Um, <laughs> but Alex and the Major react like, uh, like Laura in 365 days because apparently they faint and they yeah. wake up somewhere. Like, it, yeah. there's, it doesn't explain why when they saw that, the next thing we see of them is waking up... <laughs> And you know they don't know what happened to them.
1: Yeah, and by the time they've, uh, as they've were sleeping, however long this was, passed out, the eclipse ends. Remember the twenty-two day shadow locked eclipse, so people can they can communicate with the outside world again. The major wakes up. Um, she wakes up. The captain Hector is just spouting just gibberish at this point. There's like an evil laugh mm-hmm. uh, that Hector does. Um, he asks about her, she asks about him. They finally come together. Hector says, hurry along, please. Um, and then there's this whole scene of Hector mimicking the major's voice and then the mm-hmm. captain's voice and then her voice. And he says, I'm everyone. So, well, okay. Uh, Adam now has a Jack in his head also. Um, yeah like the captain did. But before he gets plugged in and and you know that's the end of him, he makes one last ditch attempt. Adam jumps at Hector. I guess plants a bomb?
0: He I Maybe. guess
1: those were supposed to be bomb strapped to his back because they dunks Hector into the water and then there's a splash that's basically an explosion and Hector is there is like 2 minutes of yes. Chunks of Hector slow mo flying across the screen. There's no, there's no Kirk Douglas
0: chunks. It's no, only those chunks Hector.
1: We're not gonna watch those chunks. No. Just robot chunks.
0: And Hector should have seen this coming because this was the sacrifice chess move. He didn't. Right? He didn't learn.
1: He never learned. My favorite,
0: my second favorite part of the movie though is when Hector realizes that Kirk Douglas is about to jump him and blow him up. He goes, "No, no." This is, and then it just cuts off. Like, I really wanted to go, go deeper into that. No, no, no.
1: Uh, so, yeah, after these two minutes of splashing and flying robot chunks, boom, we're done. And we kind of fade out, and then we fade back in to a World Spaceways aircraft. Mm-hmm. And Alex is on the craft, uh, it's heading to Earth. She's got She's her got hair a new haircut, up like
0: Miss July 1980.
1: New haircut and a new attitude. <laughs> yeah.
0: I got my hair done. Take my nails. <sighs> Baby, how you doing? Got to go
1: to Earth. The uh, ship captain pops on to <clears throat> help out with some exposition. She gets uh, offered some says, pills. Yep. Yeah. She says you got a swell view of Mother Earth coming right up. Uh, and then we see the view, and uh, it was not that swell. No, it's so, not that oversold. swell. oversold, oversold. Yeah, special effects in this movie are trash. Terrible. As we said, the sets are okay, even though you can tell they had to cut corners, but boy, special effects are really, really yeah, trashy.
0: See, I think this movie is perfectly summed up by, the models are good, but they always look like models. Like, mm-hmm. there was no mm-hmm. sense of making it look like, how Star Wars did or Alien did? Yes, it always looked like models,
1: but they were cool models. They're just, yeah, they're just hunks of thing. No one saw like personality in them. Um, so the spacecraft detaches and it approaches Earth, and, and for some reason the music this is, is the final ominous. Shot. This I was so this like.
0: I was waiting for It's Almost blow like up the suggestion
1: that, like, oh, it's like she's the you know. It's almost like one of the uh, like an Ex Machina ending where you're mm-hmm. like, oh, it's fine, but then oh no, because like the evil now is out in the world, and it's like, what? <laughs> I don't know. It was like the <laughs> ominous music for her like going to Earth for the first time, and is she ready for this? You know, like she's she's got a glimpse of what's going on in Earth in the Harvey Keitel character and. I don't know. I don't know. I don't man. think so. There's yeah. nothing in there to suggest that that she's anything more than like, as you said, like an innocent. Just, I a, think it was just that the, the was,
0: shot was so incredibly lame and lifeless. They're like, yeah, just hammer it home with music.
1: Yeah, like we need a little music. Like here's a random bit of music that Elmer Bernstein wrote. I mean, the music's fine, but it's just like the incongruity of the hmm. the tone and on landing on that final thing it just made it I was like scrambling behind backward to be like wait what like what happened with the Farrah Fawcett character other than just the obvious like did I miss something? Right. Was something implanted in her? Like is she's like it has the feel of like we're all fucking doomed. Yeah. You know?
0: It's almost <laughs> it, it's kind it of just like the grease ending. Like she comes out she's she's like sandy and grease now her hair's teased right. up. She's got the leathers on. She's like tell me about it, stud. And then flies off into an unknown, you know, literally flies off. No Travolta with her, but flies off into nope. an unknown. And the music is, is ominous. Right? I know. <laughs> just like the, it's just like,
1: Greece. it should have laid it on a much like the, it should should have felt more ambiguous, right? Cause it's not a triumphant thing. She's lost her, her yeah. mate. She's lost everything and she's going to a world. She doesn't know, but it's more of a, like heading off into an uncertain future needed to strike a more ambiguous tone. It, the, it, it, Really confused me. I'm so glad because, you know, I don't, I can talk about the music all day, but so glad that you noticed it. And you know what? That's it. That's our goddamn movie. That is Ooh boy. Saturn a 3. A Saturn trois Quirky, any final thoughts before we wrap it up and give our ratings?
0: Well, no, I think that's definitely it, that uh, the models always look like models. They, mm-hmm. they do not convey anything that helps the visual storytelling. It just looks like they took some time on this part of set rating. nothing really helps the visual storytelling in this movie. Um, there is no really story that they tell in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, crap movie. I, it stuns me that people paid money to go see this in the theater.
1: Not many, but people didn't Does, yeah, make sense. All right. Let's remind everybody of our rating system. Run of the mill. Bad film was a dare next level. Bad double dare. A movie. We actually like reverse dare quirky. What do you give Saturn three? Oh,
0: this is a double dare. This is a movie that should be well forgotten. There's, there's some glimpses of interesting looks in this, and I, I, I do think James Cameron kind of aped some of those hallway things for Aliens. Um, there's almost some direct like copy to it, mm-hmm. but uh, <clears throat> it looks like shit. The story is crap. It's indes- indecipherable, inscrutable. What is actually the story? Why things are happening? Uh, there's talent everywhere on this thing, but it's just terrible. Uh, hell of a dare, Lord Voldemort.
1: Really good one. I, I'm i really on the dare, double dare fence. Mm. I think I'm going to go with a dare. Interesting. Just because there's enough weirdness and kinkiness to kind of keep me going. It's bad. It's very bad. But is it next level bad? You know, tragedy? I, I Yeah. I, I think if this thing was 106 minutes instead of 86 minutes, we're we're in double dare territory for sure. But
0: interesting, yeah,
1: it flew right by. So uh, I'm just going to go with a straight up dare. Although again, I do not recommend this movie. Strong, unrecommend.
0: In doing a little research, I saw a cut scene that goes a little deeper into their their acid trip, where their Kirk Douglas oh, okay. and Farrah Fawcett tripping out dancing yeah, that really
1: there's nothing is made of that like they talk about the blue dreamer yeah. so much and then there's really nothing going on there
0: she goes on she goes and puts on like a sexy barbarella outfit
1: huh <laughs> yeah it's like i'm gonna have to look this how up. did you
0: cut that part out of the movie i bet that's everybody just you cut. went for that that's what you cut <laughs> instead we oh get boy. the two minutes of hector exploding
1: <laughs> right we need more robot chunks Okay, so that's a double dare from Quirky and a very, very low dare, borderline double dare for me.
0: That's all we have for you on this episode of Dare Daniel, but we'll be back in two weeks to review another one of your movie Dares.
1: Until then, send your dares to us at daredaniel.com and be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like and rate us on your favorite podcast app. And if you want to donate to the podcast, visit Daredaniel.com. Click the donate button or find support the show in the menu. We love our donors. We do whatever you say. Yes. Voldemort is a frequent donor. Frequent donor. Has been
0: been forever.
1: And we're doing his bidding. Corky. Mm -hmm. What are you doing up there on uh, Saturn 4?
0: (laughs) Up on Saturn 4? Uh, Yeah. I'm failing every mental stability test that they give me, just flat out. But it's not going to stop me. I'm not going to let little things like that hold me back.
1: Oh, I would would hope not. Yeah. Psychologically unstable? (sighs) Give me a break. It's a
0: blip. Uh, But you can also catch me at the last Friday of every month at the Sacramento Comedy Spot with MRI. Catch me in the Weird, Strange, Bizarre Festival. Um, Yeah. So come down. Have fun. See shows.
1: Yeah, go down and see Quirky. The man is... I mean, I've heard comedy genius. Mm. I've heard comedy legend. I'm just going to go legend. Why even quantify it like that? The man's sure, a legend. Sure, sure. you want to go down to the comedy spot and see a a fucking legend, then d- d- do it. That is an option open to you if you live in the Sacramento area. Come on down there. They do great stuff down there. Quirky's hilarious. That's all i got to say for Dear Daniel. I'm Daniel Barnes.
0: And I'm Quirky McDonald saying... I want to use you for my own consumption. Everybody.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We love you. Oh, boy.